Hey, sexy babies, welcome back to another episode of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. We got a great episode for you today. My guest today is the 2016 Canadian beatbox champion, and his name is Heat. And I absolutely love this episode. Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear this. Me and him have a lot of history. And uh, it was really cool to get him in the booth. Like, I've seen his journey. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 quite the tale. And uh, even around this year's championship and him finally winning it after years of uh, placing it in, in the top four and finally doing it, there's, um, there's a whole other uh, layer to it. And kind of near the end of the episode, we both get a little teary-eyed and... Uh, yeah, it's just a, a beautiful story, and uh, yeah, around that, you're going to learn a lot about like what it takes to be a beatboxer and just about the Canadian beatbox scene in general. And with that being said, big shout out to Beatbox Canada. You can check them out on YouTube, and pretty soon they're going to have the championships up. I know uh, right now they're just throwing up the prelims, and gradually throughout the month, um, yeah, that whole tournament should be up there. So if you guys are listening, this episode is dedicated to you and here we go. Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. I'm here with the 2016 Beatbox Champion Heat, man. What's good, homie? What's good? How does it feel, man? It's been a long journey. I tried to get you the weekend after. I know you've been a busy guy. You're like a celebrity now. So, oh, no. <laughs> now it works. Or that's the story me. I'm gonna say. Still, yeah, still got to hit that nine to five. But uh, it honestly, hasn't hit me that much yet. Yeah, like I'd say, the feeling hasn't really had a chance to sunk, sink in. I've been so busy after the fact that, you know. I mean, people are mentioning it now, like, yo, champ, what up, champ? And to me, it's just like, yo, that happened. <laughs> yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't hit me it's yet. It's going to be surreal. Like, you worked so hard for it and crazy, yes. like, years. Like, this is uh, what's cool to have you in here, too, because, like, I've known you for a lot of years, but I don't know, like, the origins of how you started or, like, how you got your talent and everything. Like, the, I remember the moment I met you, like, my head exploded. <laughs> it was, like, back in the... In Probably KFCD. like, oh no, even before that, uh, Euphonic Sound. Euphonic Sound, yeah, 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 yeah. that was from Unity. It's like right when I moved oh, to Toronto. Oh, that like 09. Yeah, you were, you and Scott Jackson and uh, Korean Effects just all like came in one day and it just, yeah, yeah. Was, it was that. my first experience uh, filming beatboxers and now it's, it's crazy because I remember how I felt then, but now like being around the scene and having like Philly D, like get me out to so many shows like i feel desensitized by it yeah but i do remember the feeling i get through watching other people see you guys like yeah it's almost like my brain like takes everybody's talent for granted (laughs) but because you guys are just so amazing but uh i want to know how you started like just beatboxing that's kind of a long story uh so back in the day i wasn't actually a beatboxer obviously at one point I was playing a, a game called StarCraft One, old school computer StarCraft game. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
And there Classic. was this, there was this like this application, kind of like a ghetto Skype called Ventrilo, where it was like a voice chat where people would like chat about what they're gonna do in in game and like strategize and stuff. And um, I was in a Ventrilo server, like the thing that people connect to. And there was beatbox there. His name's Smivy. You've probably heard that name thrown around before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I heard Smivy beatbox for the first time I ever heard beatboxing in my life. I was like, "Holy shit, that's crazy!" Yeah, like, what? through fucking Starcraft. He, he, I was like, "Can you like run that back?" And of course, my balls hadn't dropped yet. So I was like, "Can you run that back?" But besides, the, <laughs> like you know, and I was just like, "Damn, that's crazy!" So I didn't actually beatbox after that for a couple months. I just kept going to that Ventrilo and gaming and listening. And then after a while, it kind of gets addictive. Like you just walk around like, you just kind of get into it like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So then after that, yeah, I started beatboxing more, and then. um I hosted a jam in Toronto uh, in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. It was like a, the first jam or meetup that Toronto officially had. And it was me, uh, Korean FX, uh, Shaolin Milk was there, Kimchi, all the old school Toronto guys, Scratch Cat was there, yeah. uh, Chris Fernandez. Yeah, that's kind of how that all started. Yeah, and I guess it just kept snowballing. Kept snowballing up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I think I met you in 2011, 2012, maybe. 2009 was Unity. Was it Unity? Holy fuck, I'm getting it's a old. Lot. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think when I moved to Toronto, but you know what? It, it probably was like, yeah, 09, 010. And yeah, it, it doesn't seem like you've only been doing it for... No, it doesn't. Like, you just exploded, like, so much. Oh, like, I mean... The way beatboxing works, it's kind of like there's there's like phases to beatboxing where someone's new and they're just learning a ton of sounds and then they're using those sounds and turning them into something. And of course, the sounds we were learning eight years ago are a lot more basic than what people are learning now because there's been 10 more years to have a craft evolve, right? Like if you listen to battle rap 15 years ago versus battle rap now, there's completely different bars and different linguistics and stuff mm-hmm. that nobody was touching back then in battle rap now. It's just an art developing over time, right? Yeah. So I'd say... People who've been beatboxing for two, three years right now could potentially smack me in a battle, depending how it went. But they've just also had a different learning curve than I have. I just think beatboxing for eight, nine years is a long time, respective to how long beatboxing has really been a thing for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's exciting. And like you've been consistently like jumping in the Canadian championships and just yeah. smashing it too. Like uh, you're always every year to me. Like, this is not just being biased because, like, you're my buddy and shit, but, like, you're always just one of the biggest standouts. And I felt like for the past, like, maybe, like, four years, you could have taken the whole thing. And I, uh, like, from a judging perspective, I don't know exactly, like, technicalities, what everybody's looking for, but I remember a couple of years where, like, you've got out, and I'm like, I thought he took that, or... Yeah, there's did been a you, few of those. Yeah, did you feel that way as well, or is it just... Um, I think the one battle I kind of felt a little bit upset about. I'm yeah. not upset in terms of like what happened, just upset about the overall environment was my battle last year in the finals against BBK. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love BBK. We hang out all the time. Oh, yeah. The overall attitude in that final wasn't wasn't cool with me. I mean, if you're going to... like In beatboxing, I just feel there's a certain level of respect. It's not like rap battle. Like We all love each other. We're all a family, right? So when you yeah. get up there and just straight bear insult somebody, it's not a good look just for all beatboxers out there in general. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, he did kill it, and it wasn't like a... I, I, like, I, I deserve to lose. It's just the, the attitude in which the battle took I wasn't really happy about. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple of calls I've disagreed with, but not necessarily on my part, win mm-hmm. or lose, more so just around battles in general. But, I mean, that's up to the judging panel. Everyone has an opinion. Yeah. And um, one thing I notice about you, too, it's like there's something with your bass on the live mix that just <laughs> smashes, like... 
the competition. Like we'll we'll have like a bunch of battles like prior or like a bunch of performances, and then all of a sudden you step up and like something with the room like shakes. And this again, <laughs> like I don't know technicalities behind like beatboxing, but is that's like something you put into practice or is it something that just came natural to you or it's it's just kind of a bit like it's one of those sounds i learned like everyone's bass sounds different obviously not everyone's built the same right mm-hmm. but um the trick to my bass which i'm about to spoil on the internet or wherever this is being posted is yeah. um it's mostly air okay so the way the mic picks it up because the way like when you blow air through a microphone it just comes through as like a low pass almost wow so it's like it's just like a but that like that of air is what makes like the the bottom hit. Wow. And, and what you did right there, you just kind of blew out of your nose as well. So yeah. you're doing that into the mic as well? Exactly. Wow. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it just it hits super low on any system I've ever touched, so it works out. Yeah. It, it's just nuts, like, what you... The ability you guys have to do that and figure out sounds and, like... It's almost like magic in a way, where you yeah. create the illusion that you guys are making, like, 20 sounds at once... But as a audience member who doesn't beatbox or whatever, it just it sounds like you're listening to a track almost. Yeah, where... yeah. I think the whole discovery of sounds is kind of half accidental and half like planned, right? Like you can hear someone crazy do a sound and be like, oh, I want to learn that. And like watch what their mouth was kind of doing. It's kind of a really funny process if you think about it. Cause you're kind of watching this person's mouth for extended periods of time trying to like make your mouth look the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's not like dancing. Like, you're literally sitting there in a mirror like making your mouth mimic the shape and stuff. And then there's like the 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 more realistic way which is like you just beatbox and then all of a sudden you just do something random and then a sound comes out. You're like, wait, what did I just do? And you repeat the sound over and over and over and over and then you just say, oh, that's cool. Okay, I'm going to use that. Which is just like kind of self-discovery of, oh, I could do that thing. Yeah, that's cool. Do you feel like uh, a lot of people in the community they fall into like trends and stuff where somebody's doing something cool and they absolutely they try to like hop and like <laughs> take your shit or whatever? Yeah. Um, the beatbox scene has always followed some sort of trend. Like when I started beatboxing, is all about technicality or how fast you can mm-hmm. go, and the popular sounds were like the TKs, like the right. And then after that, there was like the whole like the the rolls, like the bass rolls, like the for bass on the microphone mm-hmm. and then reaps one a british beatboxer came out with like the the like the like that dubstep wobble yeah and then the for like just straight dubstep sounds and since dubstep was a big genre everyone pulled that and then now the new thing is like lip rolls like oh yeah yeah <laughs> or like uh inward bass like like all those sounds always get when it sounds really hype and people like it and someone does well with it. Like, let's say the Napalm went second in the world with it, right? Yeah. With lip rolls. Someone will just, everyone will learn it. And then it'll kind of lose its value because everyone can do it after that. Yeah. So it's... I've kind of followed the path of not caring too much about all the new sounds because eventually they lose traction. Mm-hmm. I was going to get that to that, too, because I've noticed, like, just from watching you, you kind of have, like, a signature, like, heat vibe to yourself where I find, like, a lot of people, they're doing the same beats over and over again. And I... I even see like some other people like kind of do try to do what you <laughs> do as well, <laughs> where 
I don't I don't know. It's just like this is something I've noticed from watching the champs over and over. And did you catch up on that as well? Too? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think the thing about me that's different is I cover genres that a lot of beatboxers wouldn't do. Yeah, yeah. You do like, like, uh, uh, like new metal, metal and, and stuff. Metal like you dug the disturbed and, like, and shit like that. And right? I did like yeah, Rage Against the Machine and stuff. Which I mean is just like stuff that beatboxers don't really think about getting to. Like they always think like dubstep, trap, electronic music, hip hop, obviously. Yeah. But like when you go into like rock and metal and then make it work, it kind of hits a different way. Because yeah, like one, sure. everyone can relate to it. I'm doing songs like like Down with the Sickness and um, uh, Killing in the Killing name in the Name of. of and stuff like that, where everyone knows the song. But then when you hear a beatboxer do it, you're like, that's not something I expected. That's yeah, kind of cool, yeah, right? and it kind of pops the crowd too. Yeah, exactly. It, again, it's like the unexpected, and I think that's important. And not only like beatboxing, but Just any type of yeah. performing, whether it's we mentioned battle rap and I've oh, seen yeah. through like comedy too. It's like you kind of give the people like something they something weren't different. expecting to see. And it feels like mentally they're getting more out of the experience than they could even imagine. Absolutely. Like, exactly. That's kind of yeah. what I aim for. So I also try to do when I do a cover, I try to do something no one's done before, but something everyone will get. Yeah. And that's a harder process than it sounds. Cause if there's a, like a song that's beatboxable, if you, if you were going to make that word up mm-hmm. and it's popular, you'd assume people have beatboxed it. Right. Yeah. So finding those tracks that nobody's done on stage and then making them something that's like hasn't been tried yet is kind of difficult to pinpoint. Like personally, I just listen to like a Pandora station all day and then just pick out songs I like from it and then say, okay, well, I like these songs. I'm going to try to beatbox them. And if they sound somewhat re- like the song, I'll make something out of it. And then if that something sounds good, I'll keep it. Oh, that's, that's pretty it's interesting. It's a pretty crazy process. Yeah, it's, it's a cool exercise too. And I guess it keeps your sword sharp as they yeah, say. Exactly. How does it feel to just rock an entire room or a club or a stadium <laughs> with only using your fucking face in a microphone. Oh man, it's crazy. Um I remember the first the first big show I should say I did minus the Unity uh, Dundas Square show, but that wasn't really a beatbox show. Was uh I went to Loria University here in Waterloo and um I did a show in my freshman year for the the Frosh Talent show. Mm-hmm. And I got that. That was just massive because I was only beatboxing for like two years at that point, right? And I go do this show, and I'm the only person in the entire talent show. I'm talking like opera singers and stuff. Where I was the only person who got a standing ovation and an encore, and like, wow, dude, it was nuts. Like for the first month of university, I was like the beatbox guy. <laughs> that was yeah, like yeah. it, right? <laughs> so I mean, that was the first time I really felt that, and it was it was crazy. I mean, there's no, I wouldn't say it's necessarily just because it's all from my face, but just a feeling of rocking a crowd and knowing that someone else enjoyed the same thing you do. Mm-hmm. It's, and enjoyed it with no perspective whatsoever is even more, yeah. It's more captivating. I'd it's say. gotta like just Simmering. make you hungry to keep going and exactly. going. And it, what's amazing too is kind of the evolution of Beatbox Canada itself and oh, seeing yeah. these shows. And what is your kind of perspective on that? Because you've been there for the early years as well. Like, There's a funny story about this. So um, there was an organization in the states called the World Beatbox Association. Uh, mm-hmm. That was like uh, Chesney Snow and Archangel and all the guys from humanbeatbox.com back in the day. Um, they were hosting an American Champs and they saw I hosted that uh, that meetup that I told you about earlier. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to me to host a Canadian Champs. And I'm like, guys, I'm like 17. I can't host shit. <laughs> I can't get into the club. <laughs> I can't even get in, let alone book. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I know Six Sound Syndrome had just hosted their, S, their, um, their S3 shootout battle a long time ago that was like 2010 so i forwarded them straight to six sound syndrome and then six beatbox canada was already owned by philly and scott so they just kind of linked together and made the champs happen yeah so i guess i was that phone call 
uh-huh. in a funny way. That's amazing. And then I didn't help. I didn't participate that first year because I kind of helped them organize it. I helped get people to enter. I, I made a like a shout out to them to, for the entries and stuff because I was pretty big in the online scene at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just it's it's crazy to watch it grow too and like i noticed like every year it's like more and more people are coming Absolutely. So like yeah big shout out to uh, philly d's scott jackson mel carey the whole the whole fucking crew and always Very having me good, out man. and i've been like kind of like a fly on the wall <laughs> watching all you guys grow and, yeah, but but yeah it's it's cool to see you finally get that thing like you've always been like one of the top dudes for me but it's just it's just awesome to see you finally grab the championship and everything, and like yeah, finally I was got that title. Super happy for you. It's like it's I think so sick. This like, is like my sixth year entering or something. I've never placed. You know what's crazy though? I've never placed below top four. Yeah, yeah. So every year I've always made it to semis or further, and that's just kind of that's. I think in terms of like most consistent, I would I would never even now that I've won, I would never like explicitly call myself the Canadian champion. I would just say I'm top three in Canada because mm-hmm. i've always made it to semis or finals right like that's how i would look at it because I, I just see it by consistency like if someone comes 16th one year and third the next year and then eighth and then 16th and then third again i wouldn't call them third in canada i'd call them top eight in canada right yeah definitely yeah and they with the all these different competitions that you have now they have like great north and stuff like it's just more great north is crazy yeah that's that's a cool another vibe shout, yeah another shout to scott jackson great yeah north is crazy definitely smashes it um I was thinking too. It's like uh, I always see you just rock these like tournaments as well. Like like you mentioned, you've always been in the top four or whatever. Do you ever like feel like taking this beatbox stuff to other places, like almost like a uh, Scott Jackson or Korean Effects, where they more become hosts and do different types of entertainment stuff or? Is that not your style? I've or? thought about it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just started judging events recently. I, uh, I judged <laughs> the last Great North Battle hosted by Scott Jackson, actually. Um, the issue with me is I also work a 10 to 6, right? So yeah, and in terms of difficult. timing, it's kind of difficult to space it out and time everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I'm, I've done shows here and there. I do shows here and there, but it's never something I've been able to commit myself to because, I mean, like I'm already I'm, I'm in computer science. Like The risk to reward of jumping into something really risky, I mean, the reward could be huge. Mm-hmm. But it's also a massive risk. So I'm just trying to build it on the side while I do what I'm doing already. Yeah, it's so tough. And not only yourself, but like I, f- I find like a lot of like really, really talented creative people kind of go through that battle with like their work or whatever. And it's it's a scary thing, like especially thinking about making that jump or whatever. Absolutely. I've known like some people, it's like they have everything's laid out for them, like a house and see a cool story like a pro wrestler and he's actually like doing well he just got like signed by like we and shit like that but uh he had a house and uh just like a ton of shit and then he just had like a small smidget of an opportunity that pro that might have not led anywhere and he's like i gotta do this and i gotta live in orlando for a little bit and he like signed his house to his buddy or whatever didn't d- didn't know if he was gonna make it or not. He's like, this is my thing, just and just That's the unreal. power of like, yeah. It's a but and luckily for him, it worked out. But also like, There's I see a lot of people who don't work out. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they take that risk and like, even myself, I've took some hits like trying to live the creative life and it's exactly. it's nuts. It's it's, it's tough, man. Like especially when you're trying to break out. I know beatboxing is fairly new, but beatboxing is also really niche. Like. Yes, yes, the, that the too. Goal, sorry. The yeah, goal is to um, 
to have people in their car listening to beatboxing on the radio. That's what you want for any sort of music, right? Like if someone mm-hmm. could turn their car on and they'd want to listen to beatboxing while driving, yeah, that's the goal. And I don't think beatboxing is quite at that level yet. I mean, loop stations and stuff are really helping. Korean FX has been killing it with his loop station. Mm-hmm. And in terms of making it something that people could listen to and enjoy passively, it's awesome. But beatboxing is a raw talent in and of itself. The average human being wouldn't just listen to. It's cool to watch in a performance. It's cool to enjoy for moments at a time. It's cool to go look at like as an opener or a full set live. But that's because you're also experiencing someone doing all that with their mouth live. Hearing it recorded is like a completely different ball game, and you're competing against professionally edited, studio edited music and singing. And yeah, it's crazy. Also, like there's yeah, there's there's so much money behind that. I, I was in a conversation with somebody who was works at like a mainstream radio station too, and it's all. Almost like the times have shifted where they're not playing what people want to listen to. And it's like whoever is paying the station the most. And of course, it's it's kind of fucked. Like how back in the day, like the inception of radio and it's like from just people finding good music and throwing it out there. But there's a fair different game. Yeah. Right. Like if you look at like a lot of these rappers who aren't signed, like that are just making it like a futuristic John Belly and logic. Logic made it when he wasn't signed. Uh, Russ, these people who have like millions and millions of views that the people have voted for, you know. Yeah. But that being said, it's rap and singing and stuff's a completely different ball game than beatboxing, than breakdancing, than graffiti, right? Like this mm-hmm. is a completely different niche you're trying to target here. Yeah, definitely. And it's like we're all kind of flying through these new avenues, whether it's like a YouTube or a exactly. SoundCloud and. It's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like the Wild West. <laughs> like, we're in the jungle right now just exactly. trying to get our shit out. But you never know. Like, I definitely feel like for beatboxing, there could be, like, this big revolution where it just becomes, like, a legit genre. Or if you go on, like, a Spotify or whatever and find a station, it just says beatbox and bam. Because I see it more. it like is a, music. Sorry about that. I see yeah. it more like... um bands or artists will incorporate real professional beatboxers into their music i don't mean like like michael jackson or justin timberlake going or whatever yeah yeah or, i mean like yeah. people actually getting like professional beatboxers to do part of their tracks if it was going to go somewhere i think that's where it would be mm-hmm. like an album that had a beatbox background with the thousands of dollars in production and the singer and the rapper i think that's the that's where it would go more so mainstream mm-hmm. or viral i should say yeah it's just like they're waiting for that big smash or whatever. Exactly. Like, Futuristic tried yeah. it. Credits to Futuristic. Um, on his album recently, because the internet, he had a, a song called Next Level where he brings in, like, Marcus Perez from Vine and, like, our, our boy AD Fitz from uh, from America as well. Also from Vine. And he just had this, like, beatbox elevator thing going on and he raps on top of it. Oh, cool. And he tells people he won't rap on the same beat as the rest of them, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. I haven't seen that, so that's... Yeah, I'll cool. show you after this. But yeah, it was, it was yeah. really cool. But I think that's kind of where the where beatbox is headed. But I don't think even like that was just raw beatboxing. I mean, in terms of mixing beatbox sounds and samples into productions, or what we're looking at in the short term, probably mm-hmm. it's already been done. I mean, Timbaland was like known for doing it. So yeah, and there's uh like yeah, it seems like there's pretty few like outside of the people who know the niche market of beatboxing. Like, there's pretty few names to, like, the casual, like, hip-hop listener. And one of them is Scratch from Roots. Yep, and yep. that's kind of awesome that he's 
lives in Toronto and has been supporting like the scene. And I think I've run into Scratch randomly in the street more times than any human being I know in my life. <laughs> yeah. Scratch, Scratch is like Oprah Winfrey. That man's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Just, you get a beat. You get a beat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's, I, I feel like it's really cool that an OG like himself is just so supportive of the scene and, and comes so out to humble, like, man. yeah. And he's so humble comes out to a big show, a small show. It doesn't matter. And like, um, Dude, he rocked the can champs crowd when there's only like a couple hundred people left. Like I felt bad, but at the same time he still rocked it and he killed it and he did extra time for the 50 people that were left by the end of it. Right. This yeah. Goes yeah. For 40 minutes. That's like a, a true, like a true artist. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. The crowd. It, I'm sure there could have been two people and he would have been that same set or a fucking couple thousand in an arena yeah, or course. whatever, which is kind of amazing. And yeah, it's like it's really uh, cool to see him like come out and do all that shit and For stuff sure. like that. There's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of names. I think not many, but there's a f- at least a few names. I think if you were to ask someone, hey, have you ever heard beatboxing? Who'd you listen to? They'd know. Like Scratch is one of them. Yeah, Rozelle. Bef- yeah, before I met all you guys, it was like Rozelle was like the guy in my head <laughs> and then i'm like oh my god there's like a scene of this like because yeah. like to the mainstream person like i think they only or myself before i've noticed this whole like scene and everything we think there's only like three dudes yeah. who do it but no no there's, there's a lot it's it's insane it's like yeah like i can i can tell you straight up the chinese scene itself has at least twenty thousand people I'm not, oh, I'm not kidding the chinese champs was like a one-week event man they had like like ten thousand entrants or something ridiculous jesus i mean that's always obviously china so if you go to like like even just america had 200 people enter for live eliminations that's people who could go to new york so think about how many people couldn't yeah you never know like 150 something. or something enter not even just exist just enter wow i'd say there's at least a thousand in canada yeah you know like yeah, it's a beautiful France is thing. huge too. Yeah, we just we got to keep throwing it out there, make it like, make it. It is a legit genre, but it should be. I don't know. It should have its station. That's the other alternative. I think would happen if beatboxing was to get mainstream. It would be there's just going to be so many beatboxers. There's like a pseudo mainstream for it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Like, like right now, you see beatbox like the World Champs videos or like popular videos like the Loop Station videos get upwards of a million views for battles. Yeah. So. And that's just probably raw beatboxers watching it multiple times or them linking their friends to check it out. Like that's like that's like one degree of separation from beatboxers. Mm-hmm. That's not like I mean that's a lot of people, but at the same time that's not that big if you think about it. A million views on a beatbox video, which is like one degree of separation from all beatboxers, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely an opportunity. It's just growing the art in a way that everyone would want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this year, like we mentioned, you fucking took the gold. I did. Are you uh, are you thinking about uh, hopping in the ring next year as well? Or? Oh, so this is a. I entered this year with kind of a purpose. It's a. It's kind of a sad story, but uh, my father passed away four months ago. Yeah, so sorry to hear that, man. It's yeah. okay. So uh, my mo- I didn't want to enter at all this year. Actually, I called mm-hmm. last year my last my last year entering. Funny enough. Yeah. And my mom's like, nah, you got to do this one for your pops. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and fuck, yeah, you fucking did it, man. I did it, yeah. yeah. So that's that's part of it. But um, if I enter next year, I mean, I don't want to enter next year. But it, like, I got Scotty and BBK coming up to me like, you got to defend your title. You got to defend your title. So mm-hmm. I'll probably enter, but it won't be like some, like, it won't be some animalistic shit like this. Year. Like, I won't be, no, no. I won't be going nuts. I won't be prepping. Like, prepping for a tournament is hard, guys. Like, whoever's listening, prepping for a tournament is difficult. It's stressful. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably I'll probably enter, but it won't be as grieving of a process as yeah. it was this year. Wow, I can't even imagine like 
going through a loss like that and then trying to focus on a craft or whatever because like i had some losses i know like my listeners had some losses too and it's for a moment you kind of just shut shut off in a bit and yeah it's got to be hard to prep at the same time as you're grieving or where you're just thinking of his memory and just like I'm gonna fucking do this for you. Or... It, it was more of a I'm gonna fucking do this. Like it wasn't yeah. like a it was like a for you type thing. I mean, I did it like in his honor, obviously, because he obviously would have wanted me to win. Oh, but um, it was more just I got to get this shit over with. Fuck yeah! It's been man. five years. It's it's more like a my dad's a hard hard hardcore old school Greek dude. So when I was just saying like it's like five years. What the fuck have I been doing with my life? You know, I gotta <laughs> yeah. do this shit. That's kind of yeah. what it was. Him being like so old school. Uh, is he like, oh, what are you doing with your face? <laughs> like uh, yeah, type of thing enough. and like going out and but, close enough. But wow, that's 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 a beautiful story that you. You, d- you did that with that in mind. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll, if you watch the videos, which are going to be on uh, YouTube.com, Beatbox Canada, shameless plug. Mm-hmm. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah, um, those videos, you'll see in a couple of them, I actually give like a small shout out or like, uh, this one's for you, or this one reminds me of you or whatever. That was, that's, it's kind of targeted through the through the event. Um, I know some people in the crowd knew, like the people who I'm friends with, which I mean, in the beatbox scene is most yeah. of the beatbox scene knew. But yeah, it was kind of good to get that out there. My brother, my brother was there for the first performance he's ever seen me do. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah wow. I'm, I'm yeah. Kind of an accident. So my brother is like 44 years old or something, and I'm 23. So uh, yeah, big <laughs> we got age quite gap. Quite the age and, gap. Yeah. So it was his first event he's ever come out to, and he uh, he enjoyed himself. Yeah, that that's that's fucking awesome, man. You gave me a bit of goosebumps too, is like. I knew your father passed away, but I didn't know like the whole details behind it too, and just yeah, yeah, yeah man, fucking good for you, man, and I'm sure he's looking down from somewhere and seeing that, just smiling. It's like yeah, the, yeah, the face noises came together. We and, hope it's yeah. not up, right? Yeah, <laughs> I try to make light of bad situations. Yeah, That's how I am. Um, same way, but but yeah, dude, much love, man, and um, yeah, anything else you you want to plug or say anything around the corner? Or? Yeah, I'm um, working with um, with uh, Attic Productions. That's uh, yes, that's Eric's, Eric Dixon. Eric Dixon. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have some some audio out soon. I'll probably be posting that on SoundCloud. It's Heat BBX at everything for everyone who wants to know, like uh, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatever at Heat BBX, Facebook.com slash Heat BBX. Wicked. Feel free to message me, whatever. I always answer. I answer within a couple hours or a few hours, depending on what my day looks like. But yeah. I'll always get back to you and. Have something to say, so feel free to ask me anything as raunchy as it gets. You know how it goes. Yeah, hard working man. And yeah, well, what are you doing with Eric, by the way? Are you guys recording like songs or? Uh, last time like... I was there, we were editing the audio for the Canadian Beatbox Championship. That was big. So uh, to quote BBK, this audio is so good, it sounds like an orgasm going into your ears, out of your rectum, and into your urethra. Mm. To, quote, <laughs> to, quote, to quote BBK, the previous Canadian champion, to quote mm. <laughs> and then uh, after that, yeah, we're going to be working on some, um, I have a couple things I'd like to get recorded in the studio, maybe get Philly in there with his camera. Yeah, sick too. Make a quick video. Yeah, even if Philly can't make it, you you got my uh, contact as well. I'm yeah, always there. I always support you, man. And like, uh, yeah, thanks for coming out and doing this interview and just... Anytime, I, man. Man, honestly, like I loved watching just your journey through beatbox over these years and recording you being a fly on the wall. is like very inspiring to me and very inspiring to me just to kind of 
do what I want to do creatively as well. And yeah. this show itself is like a spawn of that and meeting awesome people like yourself who kind of give me a fire and like much love to you, Heat. And thanks again, Thank man. You. Thank yeah. you for having me. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was Heat. And if you've listened to the show before, you know, we always ended off with a song. But uh, yeah, since he was in the studio, there was no need for me to track down a song. So right now we're going to end it off with a little exhibition from Heat. Girth Radio. I'm a straight rider, rider, nobody wanna fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah.